verse 17, and uh, going to go all the way to the end of the chapter. Uh, we'll see where we get today, but uh, uh, in looking at this, I was thinking about this pastor. He came, it was Easter, he came to one of the men, he hadn't seen him, and he finally went up to him and he said, you know, brother, I see you at Christmas, and I see you at Easter, but I never see you any other time. Come on, brother, stand up. Become a part of God's army. And the brother looked at him and he said, Pastor, I am a part of God's army. Well, I only see you twice a year. He goes, well, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> or maybe he's in the reserves. I don't know. So anyway, just a reminder, men, if you'll lead the way, your family will follow. 85% of men that that lead the way in Christ and go to church, it's amazing what happens in their families. So guys, make sure you take the time to pray, to be in the Word. I mean, before I leave every morning, I just put my hands on Shaloi in a very gentle way, and I pray for her, and I ask God to help her that day, and I pray over things that she may be facing or whatever to encourage her and, and just make declarations over her to let her know how much I love her, but I believe God's going to do some things that day. So I encourage you to do that. And pray over your children and your grandchildren. Amen? Okay, Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of their heart. Now, you can read the rest of the chapter, because I want to get to this this morning. It's so important for us. We talked about two weeks ago, we are all ministers. We are all called by God. God has put a call on every one of you. Look at your neighbor and say, you are called. Now tell them to minister. And then tell them, you are gifted. And that's so true. They are. They're called and they're gifted for God to use them to make a difference in their life. So the very first point today is this. We in Christ are to strengthen one another. And it starts in the home. We in Christ are to strengthen one another. You know, some insight to life is we can get so busy trying to prepare for the future that we forget the now. Can I say that again? Even with our children, we can get so busy in trying to prepare for the future, we forget about the now, the now that God has for us. It's so easy to live life caught up with the attitude of what is next. What's next? But many times, we are to pause and enjoy what God has placed in you today. Have you ever been someplace and and you're eating, and you just stop as you're eating, and you just enjoy that moment and that taste. Most of us shove it down, forget about what we eat, and we're thinking about what we're going to eat later on. God wants to slow us down to enjoy where we are now. Now, some of you, you enjoy it a whole lot, I can tell, when you're sitting down. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to encourage you to slow down. God wants, I believe, we, we hear about things going on with the young people around the country, and that is awesome. 
because we want Gen Z, those 15 to 25, 26, and we want the millennials, those like 26 to 35. We want God to move in their lives and, and make a difference, but we also want to get out of the way as adults of what God's trying to do. You know, I saw that movie and uh, the Jesus Revolution, and, and I thought about all that's going on, and I realized as I was watching that that the biggest thing is if you compare the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, with today, we're there again. Vietnam War, if we're not careful, we're about to be pulled into a war over in Europe. China could invade Taiwan. We can go over there to try to help out there. As we do that, things could backdoor us here, and things could happen through Russia here. There's all kinds of gloom and doom going on right now. Amen? Back then, the politicians were lying. President Nixon was cheating, listening in on the Democratic Party, and, and we had all the stuff that went on there, and he had to resign because they were going to impeach him, and people went to prison, and there's all this corruption that's going on today. And then inflation took place later on in the 70s up until the early 80s. Interest rates went really high, and we see that happening, and we see where we are as a nation, and we're more dependent on other nations than we are ourselves. And for young people, it's like, does anybody care about me? What about my future? Because the doom and gloom can shut them down. Amen? And so that same scenario, history tends to repeat itself. What's happening again, we're living it out again. We are ripe for a move of God. Will we ever change the corruption in government? I'm going to be honest with you, probably not. Evil people at the top will remain evil. I hope a few of them get saved, but a lot of them won't. But we're to live in the now moment with Jesus and pour into those around us. Because parents, grandparents, if you don't pour into your children and grandchildren what they're going to face with the way things are sliding when it comes to moral corruption, it's going to be a disaster if they don't know Christ. Amen? So we are in Christ and we're to strengthen one another. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another for all the more as you see the day drawing near. Jesus is coming. I don't know when he's coming. The Bible says as birth pains come, as contractions get closer and closer, we see things happening. I told you for a long time, I thought the return of Christ was a long way off. But then COVID and things and the way things have pursued, it's crazy. I mean, I, I just, I feel like, man, God... Things are really intensifying, and I mentioned last week, I thought, you know, I may have to just take, even during the summer, on one of the evening nights, and just start talking about some things people really need to hear about, like, you know, uh, what's money doing in the world, um, what's happening with the beginning of this war that's taking place in Ukraine. Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations in the world. Money laundering, child pornography, sex trafficking, deep Nazi influence 
within their government, very corrupt. The depopulation agenda, the central bank digital currency that's about to take place, the biometric surveillance, the great reset, the great narrative, you know, um, implantable operating systems that are taking place, transhumanism and AI, artificial intelligence of what's happening there. Uh, redefining what it means to be human, exploring biological convergence, um, realizing that if they can convince your children in schools that they're neither a boy or a girl, then they can make them do about anything when they become adults. But wanting to go over those types of topics and to look at that and say, God, what are, what are you saying to us where we are? So in verse 17 of Ephesians 4, Now I say and testify, Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. In other words, he's saying the Gentiles were considered unsaved at that time. Don't be like them. The word there is void, empty. When you're looking at the Greek, they're void, they're empty of God. Don't be like them. Now, we understand that Jesus came and Paul had a ministry to the Gentiles, but he's trying to get their attention here. Futility of mind means emptiness, pointless. In other words, don't walk as the world does with a void of emptiness, just existing, living for the next pleasure. Can I tell you, when you watch that Jesus revolution, you can see we live for this, and we did the drugs, and we did the sex, and we did all this stuff, and we're empty. Why? Because it's not fulfilling. Sin is fun for a season, but it will leave you very empty. And they're looking for real answers. People that love them, that care about them, and can promote a God who loves them so much. Verse 18, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. What happens is when people aren't serving God, their hearts become callous. Verse 19, living for self, practicing sin. Point number two is this, we are not to be as the unbelievers. We're not to be as the unbelievers. Paul says, what about the unsaved? Well, he says it here. Darkened in their understanding in this passage of Scripture. Alienated from God. Hardened in their heart. Unfeeling and uncaring. Giving over to sensuality. Giving over to their feelings. Whatever feels good. That's all we hear. If this feels good, do it. Can I tell you, it's not fulfilling. I've been married a long time. And I think that I have women down. <laughs> Just kidding. My wife will say to me, honey, I really want you to do that. And then she'll say it again, honey, you really need to do that. And then she'll say it again because she's got to get my attention. Did you hear me? I really want you to do that. So then I'll go do that. And I'll say, honey, I did that. And these are the words that come out once in a while. I didn't want you to do what I said. 
I wanted you to do what I meant. Let me make that statement again. I didn't want you to do what I said. I wanted you to do what I meant. Oh, my gosh, I'm so confused. If you want to get that, just look at Abraham and Sarah. I didn't want you to do what I said. You were supposed to do what I meant. Okay, that's enough of that. We're not to walk in the flesh anymore. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop being fleshly. Even in America, oh my goodness. You know, we're going to overthrow this. We're going to take this over. We're gonna... No, no, you're not. Not as believers. You're going to pray that there's a spiritual revival, but corrupt societies have always been here. They probably always will be here until Christ returns. But in the trouble of corruption, we grow. Oh, those amens overwhelm me. In the trouble of our journey with Jesus, we grow. It's amazing how we grow. When does our self-defense become disobedience in trying to protect ourselves? Can I say that again? When does our self-defense become disobedience in trying to protect ourselves? We get defensive in our marriage. We get defensive with our parents. We get defensive with our boss. We get defensive with the church, with government. When does self-defense Become disobedience as we we try to protect ourselves fish nature. As, as we enter into these last couple of chapters of Ephesians, we're going to be talking about husbands, wives. Would you put that app up there for me? Up on the screen. He's going to get to it. The love nudge. I told you about this. This is the five love languages that most of you know about. You need to get that app on your phone, you and your wife. You'll take a five-minute test. It will give you your love language, and then you and her, as you have that, they'll give you a little code, and you'll give it to her, she'll give you hers, and all of a sudden, you can love nudge one another all week. Shiloh and I do this. And I can send her a hug, I can send her love, I can say, I'm going to do this for you this week, at least you, as you fo focus in on their love language, it's so good. 
Somebody's like, I don't need an app <laughs> to tell me what I need to do for her. I hear it every moment, brother. Get the Love Nudge app and start loving on each other in a greater way as you learn to speak their love language. Now, some of you are like, I'm going to do it right now. There, I knew that was going to happen. That's why I waited until this message was almost over before we did that. But we're going to be talking about that in the future here. And then how to be a father, how to be a mother, how to be obedient children. Can I say that one more time? How to be obedient children. Doesn't that sound good? Point number three, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Pastor Adam, hang on a second, stand up real quick. What is your saying uh, about... That's an old one. No booze, no weed. No, no need for booze or weed. There's no highlight the most high. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Look at Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. But this is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Everybody say deceitful desires. Man, that old man wants to creep in there. Amen. Daily. Because self is so evident and selfishness is totally against what God wants us to be. Let's keep reading there. To put off old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. If you're of that age and you're dating, you want to remain holy, amen? I remember when I first met Shaloy, we were 17. And I met her and I was asking her out and after that first date, she looked at me. And I said, I'm it. She said, what do you mean? Well, you've been praying for a great godly man. I'm the answer to your prayers. <laughs> she said, I knew it. <laughs> if you believe that. <laughs> Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You can choose to live for Christ. And out of Galatians 5, you can be set free from bondage. Somebody say amen. amen. And you can practice the fruit of the Spirit that God's going to judge us on. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, suffering. I mean that faithfulness. God's going to just let that grow as you stay attached to him. But it's a journey. You don't change overnight when it comes to amen. growing in Christ. It's that transformation that happens daily, weekly. Romans 6, 16. 
Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. That's what the Lord has for us. And as we're walking, whom the Son says free is free indeed, and we look at point number four, put away sinful behavior, 1 Corinthians 10.13 is like the scripture to just nail us. That if we're being tempted, if you and I are being tempted by the flesh to sin, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 goes to tell us what's going on. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful and just who will not allow you to be tempted above which you are able, but with the temptation, make a way of escape. I'm telling you, you don't have to yield. I don't care who you are. You can look around and God can make a way of escape and you need to go that way. If she's flirting with you at work or he's flirting with you or that neighbor or whoever it is, you need to avoid them. Amen? And God will help you. I was just a young supervisor in management, in training, working for Union Carbide. And at night, when I went in to supervise my shift, there was another area called the shearing department that had 120 ladies in that area. And they would get in brawls over there. Get mad at each other, whatever. And one of my supervisor friends, an older man that was kind of like a father figure to me, he came to me and he said, you see that gal at the third machine over there? Uh-huh. She has told everybody she is going to get you in bed with her. Now, I'm a married man who loves Jesus. He said, I'm just giving you a heads up. He goes, because she's beautiful, but she's evil. I said, thank you. So one night, I, I, I'm over there, and I'm, I'm stopping this dispute and everything. I start to walk away, and she jumps out in front of me. She goes, hi, young Yankee. Because I was in Arkansas. She said, I need some help on my machine. Then she looked and she goes, I need a lot of help. And you're just the guy that can fix it. And I looked at her and I said, young lady, I said, you need to get back on your machine. You need to do your job. You are barking up the wrong tree. What? You heard me. Get back over there and get to work. I knew, because God had given me a heads up, I needed to avoid that. We were going to a church, and one of the guys on the shift opposite of me, his wife was going with us to church. I watched this gal make a move on him, end up costing him his marriage as he divorced his wife over that gal. You don't think the devil won't target you? You can't do it in your own flesh. I just avoid it. God wants us 
to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. Amen? And we've got to be able to do that. We have to be careful to put away Ephesians 4, 25 through 29. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Come on now. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Now, there's wisdom there. I don't even have time to get to that. But if you're going to stew on something, you're going to give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. What's God saying? One of the things he has for us as believers is to be able to bless others. To bless others. And Pastor Brian got up here last week, wanted to make an announcement. He wanted to talk about giving. And, and he made that statement about giving. But as a church here at Church Alive, we give a minimum of 10% that comes into the church away. And we've averaged anywhere from 18 to 25% that we give away. And I just want to give you, you can come on up, Adam, and, and start playing. I just wanted to give you some of the things that God's allowed us to do. We built an orphanage in the Sudan for 125 boys. A huge building that able to house those boys so that they can learn about Christ. We support 50 missionaries. One of them is Jay Coburn. He's got 16 inner city churches in the United States, and they're booming. And we support Jay and what he's doing. We support Greg Webby, who's in Morocco, reaching Muslims, making a difference in their lives. We support Chi Alpha at Purdue and what Kevin's doing over there and the blessing that God's using. We took and we support frontline people in Ukraine that are getting food and necessities to people with bombs exploding around them. We gave $8,000 to Romania to a missionary friend of mine in Romania to take in the refugees and help them. We do the Fire Bible in China, India, Vietnam. It's a full life study Bible. It's a great Bible. It's $10 a Bible. We have given out as a church into those nations to pastors and key leaders over 60,000 Bibles this church has sent there. 60,000. Over 600 thousand dollars because of your giving because people say well what do they do that man we are getting it out there because we believe it needs to be out there making a difference we're part of the Tippecanoe food bank and we support them helping those locally we've helped habitat in building homes we've helped finance that in the past and done that. There's so many other things, but I want you to understand, we believe not in keeping it, but giving it away. It's so important. I'm going to close with this. In Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain grace of God, that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, and no root of bitterness springs up causes trouble and by it many become defiled 
We have to be careful that we don't get full of wrath, angry outbursts, or rage. We don't get full of anger, mounting frustration. We don't clamor for things. Clamor means brawling, actually brawling. We don't slander with words of harm, with intent to harm. You know, you have to be careful even of your language. Crude words, vulgarity, slang words. People are watching you. You're not going to be perfect, but come on. I've done it all my life. I'm not going to stop now. Well, you need to stop. Because it shocks baby believers when you say some of those things. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Stand with me this morning. John Newton, who captained a ship that would bring slaves from Africa. He would listen to those slaves sing when they were below deck there as he was being mean and crude and doing an inhumane thing. And he listened to those tunes time and time again. And they really believed that the tune to Amazing Grace was birthed out of the slave singing. And then he put words to it. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved her. He got saved and changed his life in Christ. But he makes this statement. A quote from him is, I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I will be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Let me say that again. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I am not what I will be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Where you are, thank God you're not what you used to be. With heads bowed this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're watching by live stream. Jesus loves you so much. You are so valued. Oh, my goodness. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. He loves you. And if you're standing here this morning and you say, Owen, I didn't want to come, or this is one of those days where I really had a terrible attitude. I just... Since the Holy Spirit tugging at me. I don't even, I didn't even know it was the Holy Spirit, but I need to really sell out to Jesus and give my life to the Lord. Nobody looking around. If you're watching by home, you can make this commitment. Would you just lift your hand and say, Oh, and that's me. I need to receive Jesus today. Just lift it up high because I don't want to miss you. Just lift it up high. Just gonna wait. Make sure. Yes. Lift that hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody else. Lift your hand up. I want to receive. I'm not going to embarrass you by bringing you forward. I'm just giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ this morning. Yes. And maybe you've been away so long you just want to rededicate yourself. You can put it down. Anybody else? Remember me in that prayer, Owen. Don't want to miss you. Yes. Yes. 
I saw that hand, man. God's going to honor that. He's going to do something in your life. Anybody else remember me? Yes. Anybody else? Yes. You see, we just wait on the Lord. Heaven's rejoicing because things are going to change in some people's lives, man. They're going to accept Christ. They're going to become that new creation. The old is going to be gone. Behold, all things are going to become new. It won't be easy, but man, it's going to be fun. I consider the journey with God fun. Even when it's rough on me, it's still fun if I keep the right perspective. No fear. Trusting Him. Anybody else remember me too, Owen? And we're going to pray. Don't want to miss you. I want everybody to say this prayer. If you lifted your hand, you say it out loud with them. And what you're saying is, Jesus, this is a new day. I'm inviting you to be in charge, no longer me. I can't do it. I can't live it. So I need you to help me. Holy Spirit, we're asking for you to do that. Say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Allow me to make you Lord of my life. You live the example. You went to the cross. You died and you rose from the grave. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I believe and I receive you right now. Now, Lord, I pray for those that lifted their hands, those that are watching or listening this upcoming week or in the weeks ahead. Give them strength. Give them a hunger for your word, a desire to fellowship with believers. We're just asking, Lord, for you to touch them and help them, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu. Then you will scroll to the giving page. And there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the Add a Donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the Submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the Giving button, and then click Continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's Giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Life family, and we pray that God will bless you.